0: So I uh, I have a confession to make, and uh, this won't surprise some of you, but uh, it is that I am a bit of a nerd, right? Um, I, I had told my some of my staff this week and my wife, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about starting the service by saying I'm a closet nerd. And they were like, really? They were like, I think we already think that and i was like oh okay cool yeah so so i'm not a cloth. Claus- i'm just a nerd right like so uh and when i say that i mean like like for me guys like i i love like and and, and i've grown up this way i love i love comic books i love superheroes i like uh i like zombies and elves and dragons yeah okay somebody yes yeah, the undead uh and so I like that kind of stuff right right like I, I I like that like that's the that's when when I am looking um you know just to to relax or to zone out or just decompress uh, when I go on vacation right the kind of books that I bring along I like to I like to read books like The Hobbit or The Lord of the Rings or The Chronicles of Narnia or, or Dune or Ender's Game or, or, or books like that, right? And so, uh, and much to my wife's, right, like uh, disapproval, uh, the kind of shows that I like to watch, right, that I tend to get like sucked into, uh, they usually involve some kind of superhero or uh, some kind of, you know, a space adventure or some kind of, you know, dragons and elves and that kind of stuff, right? And my to which my wife, like, she just absolutely hates. Like, my wife is like true crime, bed by nine. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that is that is her life. You know what I mean? Like, and every now and then she might rewatch an episode of Friends. Like, that's like, like that's all she wants to be a part of. So when I'm nerding out to like my show, she's like, oh my god, I just do that after I go to sleep, you know? And so. um, and so for me, right? That's just kind of that's I'm I'm just kind of nerdy like that. And so uh, that means though, like with all that in mind, now that you know a little bit about me, a couple years ago, that'll make this make sense. A couple years ago, um, I got into uh, a show that uh, came on Disney Plus. It's a Star Wars spinoff called The Mandalorian. Uh, okay, yeah, we got some Mandalorian fellow nerds unite. I'll see you guys at Dragon Con. And so. Um, and so, yeah, I I, I like I got into this show, and 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 I know some of you are like it's not my cup of tea, but um, and so maybe if you if you've never watched it, I'll just kind of give you the the premise of this show. Right? It's basically there's this this uh, this bounty hunter like kind of soldier uh, for hire, uh, and and he's the Mandalorian, and um, he's a part of this this group of like. Soldiers for hire, uh, this group of people, and they're called the Mandalorians, and kind of each episode, like, travels with him on his kind of, his adventures, and it's, it's like almost like a space western, right? Like, it's very Clint Eastwood, but with a cool metal helmet and a tiny baby Yoda, you know? Like, and so, it, it's, it's awesome, but, but what makes him and his, like, group that he's a part of, right? And for those of you right now that are just, like, rolling your eyes, uh, I feel your judgment, and, uh, I'm rubber and you're glue and it bounces off me and sticks to you. You know what I mean? Like you like weird things too. And uh, the only difference is you don't have the microphone today. And so we're talking about my weird thing. Right. But, but when it comes to, right, like the, the Mandalorian, right. And I promise this is not, we're going to talk about Jesus. This is not sci-fi Sunday. Go with me people. So, so the 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 thing that makes him cool though right the thing that makes him and his group of people like so unique and distinct right it's not just that they're like great fighters but they have this this like code that they live by this like this like this like system of belief the uh, a code of ethics this 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 kind of like thing that drives their their mindset it drives what they believe and how they behave and the decisions that they make, right? And, and in the show, they, they, they simply call it the way. And so when they're, when they're getting you know, like together and they're trying to make a decision or when they're trying to explain their actions to somebody else or when they're talking to each other and they're coming to conclusion, this is the decision we're gonna make, the direction we're gonna take, right? Like when they, when they come to that, they'll, they'll look at one another and, and, and they'll say, this is the way. They got their helmet on, this is the way, you know? <laughs> this is the way, meaning like, hey, this is, this is the way that we believe. This is, this is how we behave. This is, this is how we do things. This is, this is the way, right? And, it, and it's not always, this is what's amazing about it is, it's not always the easiest way. It's not always the, the most popular way. It's not always the most obvious way, but they look at each other and they go, no, but this is our way. This is the way that we believe is best. It's not, it's not always counterintuitive. Sometimes it even seems, as you watch the show, sometimes the way that they choose even seems counterproductive because it's the longer way. That's gonna be slower. That's gonna be more costly. There's gonna be more risk involved, right? It's gonna be more dangerous that way. But for them, they're committed to their convictions and they'll look at each other and they'll say, this, this is the way. And I tell you guys that this morning because here's the reality is, you and I were not Mandalorians, right? Some of you were like, thank God. Um, some of you were like, no. And so we're not Mandalorians, but here's the, here's the reality. We all have a way. We all have a way that we are living and that we approach life with, right? We all have a way. We have a way that, that we approach our work, right? For some of us, we we live to work for some of us we work to live right we are we are working for the weekend right and for some of us you know we've all got we've all got a way that we approach our parenting we've got a we've got a way that we choose to deal with and handle our finances right we got the savers we got the spenders right hopefully those two meet and um yeah and some of you are just the YOLOers right <laughs> yeah, so We've, we've got a we've got a way that we approach our finances we've got a We've got a way that that we think people ought to be treated. we've got a way that we think the world ought to work, that our country ought to work, that the that, that life ought to be approached. We've got a way that we think people ought to act. code of morals, right ethics, right. We all have a way, a way that we view and do life. We've all got a way that we're walking through and approaching life with, every single one of us. We've got a way. Maybe you've never thought about it like that. Maybe you've never thought about it intentionally. You're like, look, this is just like, I guess I have a way, but it's just how I was brought up. It's just what I was taught. It's just the region of the country I was born in or the place in the world that I was brought into and raised up in. Right? Like, like I've never even thought about it. Maybe you've never thought about your way. Maybe you've never clearly defined it. Hey, this is my way. This is the way that I'm going to approach life. But you've got a way, a way that you're living. And it's important, you guys, that we think about the way that we're living. It's important that we think about the way that we are, are viewing and doing life, right? Like this is important. And the reason why it's important is because the way that you walk through life, the way that you walk through life, it's going to determine who you become. It's going to determine where you end up. It will determine your experiences of life, The way that you walk through life will determine the satisfaction, the joy, the fulfillment that you experience in this life, and it will determine the legacy that you leave behind. The way that you choose to approach life, the way that you view and do life, that will get passed on to the next generation, to your kids, probably to their kids, to our communities. And so... The way that we do life, the way that we view and do life, it's important for us to think about. It's a really, really big deal. How we're living and who we're looking to, to guide us along the way is a really, really big deal. And that, you guys, that is what this series is all about, The Way of Jesus That's what we're gonna be talking about in this series. For the next three weeks, here's what we're gonna be doing. I'm gonna tell you where we're going. For the next three weeks, we're going to examine our ways, the ways that we tend to view and do life. And then together, what we're gonna do is we're gonna open up the scriptures and we're gonna be in the gospel of Matthew the whole time, all three weeks. And so we're gonna be in Matthew and what we're gonna do is we're gonna open up the scriptures and we're gonna dig in and we're gonna discover the way of Jesus. The way that he views and does life, his counterintuitive, countercultural way of walking through life, this way that he then invites us to participate in, that he invites us to follow him into. You see, contrary to popular belief, you guys, the original invitation of Jesus was not simply to subscribe to a set of beliefs, The original invitation was not just to believe some things so that you could go to heaven when you die. The original invitation of Jesus was to follow him in a way of life and to order your life around his way of life, right? Let me show you this from the gospel of Matthew now, if you're not familiar with Matthew, Matthew was um, a close friend and follower of Jesus. And Matthew took time uh, after Jesus' death and resurrection uh, and Matthew had done some ministry. Matthew took time to write down his experience of spending time with Jesus in the life of Jesus, and the accounts of Jesus. And so Matthew writes these things down and Matthew records early on in his account of the life of Jesus what the original invitation of Jesus looked like. And this is, what, this is what Matthew says. This is in Matthew chapter four. He says, as Jesus was walking beside the sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. come. Follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. Now it continues. This is going on from there. He saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee and his brother, John. And they were in a boat with their father Zebedee preparing their nets and Jesus called them and immediately they left their boat and their father and they followed him. Are you seeing Jesus's invitation here? Not simply to subscribe to a set of beliefs, but to follow him in a way of life. Now, Matthew will record his own interaction with Jesus and what it looked like when Jesus invited him. And he points out the same thing. He says, this is in Matthew chapter nine. It says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew, right? He's like talking about himself in third person. It says, there's a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth follow me, Jesus told him. And Matthew got up and he followed him. And he followed him. Do you guys see this original invitation of Jesus? The original invitation of Jesus, the original message of Jesus was not simply to subscribe to a set of beliefs so that you go to heaven when you die. It was to follow him. In a way of life, to be with him, to become like him, to do the things that he did, to order your life around his way of life, to follow him. You know, there's a big difference between believing and following, right? You guys know this. You can believe something is true, and yet no action is really required, Right? For example, I believe you guys that drinking water is better for me, and yet every time we go out to eat, I would rather have a Coke Zero, right? And I don't need your emails telling me about how it's oh, your brain. You know what I mean? Like I know, I know, and I actually believe you, right? So when your email comes in, it's like you really should drink more water. I know, and I believe, but I still choose to do something different, right? So there's a difference between belief and following because, right, you can believe something is true and not take any action upon it. And yet following requires active participation. Following requires active participation. And the original invitation of Jesus is not to believe something, just to subscribe to a set of beliefs, but instead it's to follow him somewhere on the way that he is living his life and to order your life around his life. This is the original invitation of Jesus for the original followers of Jesus, right? This is, this is why they, they didn't call themselves originally Christians. They called themselves followers of the way, right? The name Christian was actually uh, something that uh, other people started to call them to describe the group of people, but when they were naming themselves originally uh, after Jesus' resurrection uh, and they began this movement uh, of our faith, they called themselves followers of the way, meaning that we order our life around the way that Jesus lived his life. We're following Jesus in a way of life, Right? for them, for these original uh, followers of Jesus, right? They didn't view their faith and our faith as merely believing, but they viewed it as a way of being, a way of becoming more like Jesus, right? Of living and loving and becoming more like Jesus, which is why it's such a shame, you guys, that uh, in our day and age, a lot of times we have, we have, We have dumbed down the original invitation of Jesus to that of merely subscribing to a set of beliefs instead of following in the ways of Jesus. When this happens, you guys, the problem with this, the problem with seeing our faith as simply a set of beliefs that you subscribe to instead of a way that you live, instead of a lifestyle that you live, the problem with that is that when we reduce our faith to simply subscribing to a set of beliefs and not a lifestyle, we miss the original invitation of Jesus. And not only that, we miss the power and the potential of our faith to transform our lives. When we simply subscribe to a set of beliefs and we don't treat it as a lifestyle, we miss its power and potential to transform our lives. And that's why, you guys, I talked to so many Christians who they would tell me they're bored and they're disillusioned and they're deconstructing their faith because they had subscribed to a set of beliefs, but they haven't ordered their life. They haven't submitted to a way of life. And so they haven't experienced any transformation in their life. And so they go, this is boring. What's the point? It doesn't make any difference in my life. This is also why some of you, this is why some of you have found the invitation of Christianity or the Christian faith. This is why some of you have found it so unappealing or uncompelling. Because you've met too many Christians who profess a belief in Jesus with their lips, but they haven't submitted their life or ordered their life around his life. And so their life doesn't look anything like his life. And so you find that unappealing and unattractive and uncompelling. And I don't blame you because believing something with your lips, but not living it in your life is unappealing and uncompelling to me as well. And so Jesus says, You guys, Jesus says, hey, come on. Don't settle for believing something, right? Follow me. Following isn't less than believing, but it's certainly more, right? Jesus says, follow me, follow me. And y'all, the implications of that invitation are massive. They're staggering. I wanna show you what Jesus says about the implications of that invitation and our response to it. At the end of one of Jesus's most famous sermons, it is his most famous sermon. And it's found right here in the gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapters five, six, and seven, Jesus records his most famous and probably his most repeated. This is the sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. If you've been around church, you've probably heard this. And even if you haven't been around church, you've heard snippets of this right? The Sermon on the Mount, this is where uh, Jesus says, you know, love your enemies. This is where he says, treat people the way that you want to be treated. This is where uh, Jesus says, you know, be salt and light. This is, this is like Jesus's like, like overview, his comprehensive overview of his entire way of viewing and doing life. And, and I encourage you this week, we're not going to be able to go over it all this morning, uh, but I encourage you this week to read it. Take a look at it. If you wanna know Jesus's way, right? Like go and take a look and dive into the Sermon on the Mount. It's convicting, it's compelling, it it parts will bother you in the best way. You should go and read it. It, it You could read it in a morning. It it would be really easy. Or you could spend all week, y'all listen, you could spend your whole year reading that sermon and it would not be a waste you would continue to get things out of it. It's like a diamond. You turn it and you continue to see new facets. And in this sermon, Jesus talks about the implications of his invitation to follow him. And uh, nearing the end of the sermon, he shares just this little like like nugget of an observation like it's just like a little illustration observation and uh and and this observation that he makes it comes built in with an invitation and i want to show you this because this is the implication right here of responding to his invitation to not just believe him but to follow him in his way this is what jesus says he says Enter through the narrow gate. He says, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But he says, small, small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Jesus is looking at his crowd and he's just described his way of life, the way that he views and does life. And as he's concluding, he shares this little observation, this little illustration, and he goes, look, you've all got a way. You're all living life in a way. He says, and really, when when it all like boils down, he says, really, like all the different ways that, that we think that we're walking, it really just boils down to two. He says, there's really just, just two ways. He says, there's this, there's this narrow way and there's this wide way. That word road, it can literally be translated as way and it is in other places in your Bible. And so that's why we've circled it. He says, he says look, there's this, there's this broad way and then there's this narrow way. He says there's two paths. He says in the broad way, he says it leads to destruction. And when he says destruction, all of us, you know, if you grew up around church, you're immediately thinking like hell. Yep. Jesus is telling us we're going to hell. You know what I mean? Like, but when he uses that word destruction, that word is, is also translated in other places in your Bible, you guys, it's translated as, um, as ruin or waste. he's not using the word for hell there. When he says, hey, like there's a way, there are really two ways that we are gonna walk through life. And he says, and one way is a wide way. And he says, and that way it leads to destruction. He goes, "It, it leads to a wasted life. He goes, there's a way that a lot of people are gonna take and it leads to waste. He says, but there's this other way. There's another way and it's less obvious. And it leads to life. There's two ways to live. What's the wide way, you might ask? What is this wide way that, that Jesus is describing? What is this broad road that leads to destruction? The, the wide way... The, the, the way that seems more obvious that most people are going to take, that most of us end up taking because it, it seems easiest, it seems best. It's, it's the way that most people are traveling and we tend to you know, travel in crowds, right? Like, and we tend to kind of just look around and see what everybody else is doing. For example, if 10 of you got up and sprinted out of here, everyone else would be like, what? And you would probably just run out too because you'd be like, whoa! And so there's, there's a way that everyone else is going. And that wide way, right? I heard one theologian describe it this way. He says, that wide way that seems easier, that seems best, that most people are going down, that that seems the most obvious, he says that way, he says it's characterized by, by two things. He says it's characterized by worldliness and religiousness. The wide way is characterized by worldliness and religiousness. He says those are two sides of the same wide road. This is the, the, the worldliness side of the road that so many people will take. Worldliness is basically just the, the social and cultural practices of the day. And our worldliness uh, of today just basically says, hey, like, and, and you guys have heard this message in, in one or two or 10 different forms, right? It's, it's, hey, do what you want, when you want, how you want, with whoever you want, whatever makes you happy, you do you. It's your life, right? It's your way. You're the master of your own destiny. That's the way of worldliness. It says, hey, do whatever you want to do, do what makes you happy, as long as you don't hurt anyone. Do whatever you want to do, and that'll lead you to fulfillment. And Jesus goes, no, it won't. And Jesus says, no, it won't. He says, that will actually lead you to emptiness. He says, destruction. He says, it'll be ruined, it'll be wasted. He goes, you will waste your life. If you just live for yourself, he goes, that's a wasted life. The other side of that road, that wide road, he said, one side is worldliness, the, this theologian, he said, the other side, he says, is, is religiousness. He says, it seems different to worldliness, but he says religiousness is, is, is actually leading in the same wasted place. Religiousness is that, is that uh, system of trying and proving and striving uh, of doing things in order to get God to give you what you want. And he says, and so both worldliness and religiousness, he says, they lead to the same wasted place where you are living for yourself. One way you're living in rebellion of God, thinking that you know best. The other way you're living trying to, uh, trying to get God to give you what you want by doing things for him. He says, that wide, that wide road, living for yourself, either, either avoiding God or, or trying to get God to owe you, he says, it leads to the same wasted place. He says, it will not fulfill you and it will not deliver on what it promises. Jesus says, there's a wide way. He says, most people are gonna take that way because it just seems obvious. And he says, but there's another way. He says, there's another way. And he says, it's this narrow way. And when he says narrow, he doesn't mean like narrow-minded, right? So often we avoid that that word because we're like, oh, I don't wanna seem like a narrow-minded like bigot. Or like, Jesus is not talking about narrow-mindedness. When he says there is a narrow way of life, he's saying that it's not obvious. It's a road less traveled. It will probably be more difficult and fewer people are going to travel it. And he says, few will find it. And he says, few will find it, you guys. He doesn't mean because it's not available. It's available to everyone. He says, few find it because it's not obvious. It's a little counterintuitive. It's a little countercultural. And Jesus goes, but this is my way. This narrow way, this road less traveled, this small way. He says, but it actually leads to life. What does this narrow way look like? Jesus describes it right there. I said in Matthew chapter five, he describes the narrow way and, and he describes his way of life. And he says, look, this narrow way that I'm inviting you into, he says it's a, it's a life of learning to be salt and light learning to bless and benefit the world around you for God's glory and for the good of others. He says this narrow way is a life of of learning to see everyone that you meet as a neighbor, as somebody created in the image of God. And so you treat them with dignity in the way that you would wanna be treated. He says this narrow way, he says is a way of learning to love and forgive your enemies and to pray for people who hurt you. He says this narrow way is a way of learning how to find fulfillment through self-denial. Instead of being drugged around by your desires and your emotions, you're submitting your life to God. He says, this narrow way is a way of sacrificial generosity and trusting God for his provision, no matter what life throws at you. He says, this is the narrow way. And it's not an easy way to be honest with you. It's not the easy way. But Jesus goes, this is my way. He says, in this way, it leads to life. He says, my way of living leads to life, which sounds like what? Like, duh, like living leads to life. Yay, good job, right? But the word that he uses there when he says leads to life is this word zoe. There's a couple different words. There's actually three different words that they use for life all throughout your Bibles. And each one has a different like, little subtle meaning. And that word zoe in the Greek, it, it talks about a quality of life. And so when Jesus says, my way of living leads to life, he's saying, my way of living, this way that I'm inviting you to live your life, this way that I view and do life that I'm inviting you to follow me into, he says it actually leads to a, a quality of life that is full, that is abundant, that is free, that is fulfilling, that is full of purpose and meaning and satisfaction and joy and peace. Jesus is going look like, look, you can follow me into this other way. There's a different way to live and you're invited into it and you'll find life. And I told you guys that Jesus gives this little illustration, and it's an observation about life. It comes with an invitation. Jesus is making this observation about life, and he's going, look, there's really two ways you can walk through life. You can walk through the wide way that everybody else is gonna take, where you just do life on your terms, and you live however you wanna live, or you live just trying to get wherever you wanna get, and you'll... You'll either live your way or you'll live the way you think God wants you to so that you can get something from him. He goes, you can, you can live that way. Because that's the wide way. Most people are gonna live that way. He says, but I'm telling you, it doesn't lead where you think it leads. The world's going to promise you you can do whatever you want with whoever you want without consequences, and that'll lead to fulfillment. And Jesus goes, it doesn't. And then religion tells you that that you can do enough and you can be enough. And if you just act good enough, then you'll finally feel like you're worth something in this life. And it doesn't. It leaves you feeling either self-righteous and judgmental or insecure and fearful. Jesus goes, there's a wide way and lots of people are taking it. He says, you can take it. He says, but there's a narrow way. There's a different way. And it's my way. And I'm inviting you to follow. It's an observation with an invitation. And the invitation is twofold this morning, you guys. It's twofold. The first part of this invitation when Jesus told this story, the first part of the invitation was he wanted his listeners to consider. He wanted them to consider something. He wanted them to consider what, way are you walking? What path are you on? What way are you living your life? What way are you viewing and doing life? Is it the wide, broad way or is it the narrow way? He's going like, like, stop and really think about it. What way are you walking? Are you living the worldly way? Are you living the religious way? Are you living to please yourself? Are you living thinking that you know what's best? How's that working out? What way are you living? And do you like where it's leading? What way are you living right now? And do you like where it's leading? Who are you following? Who are you looking to for guidance? And do you like who you're becoming in the process? Jesus tells this story and it's an invitation for you to pause and to consider what way am I walking? And do I like the way that I'm living and where it's leading? Second part of the invitation from Jesus. He says, consider where you're walking, how you're living. And if you like where it's leading, and then the second part of the invitation is, if you don't like where you're going, if you don't like the way that you're living and where it's leading and who you're becoming, the invitation of Jesus, the second part of the invitation is to join him on the narrow way. It's to join him on his way, to follow him, to order your life around his life, to learn how to live in God's world, God's way. Jesus says, look, if you don't like how you're living and where it's leading, if you don't like who you're becoming, would you join me? Would you join me in my way that leads to life? And I'm telling you guys, this life is good. This way that Jesus wants to lead us into, it's characterized by joy and fulfillment. And peace. If we walk in his way, there's a renewal of our mind and a renewal of our relationships. When we choose to walk in this way, we discover a life that's not. Uh, no longer led and giving into the flesh all the time, but instead we're led by the spirit and his power and authority. And when we walk in this way, we're no longer drug around through life by our desires and our emotions, but instead we're we're led by the purpose and the direction of our heavenly father who cares about who we're becoming and where we're going. When we live in this way, we're, we're no longer consumers of other people's life and vitality, but instead we become contributors. And instead we bless and we serve and we, and we encourage and we uplift others. Jesus says, this is the life that I want to lead you into. This is my way that I'm inviting you to follow me in. So, the two questions this morning. What way are you walking and do you like where it's leading? And the second question is, would you like to follow Jesus in his way. You can do that. The invitation is on the table. You can always change paths. If there's breath in your lungs, you can change paths and you can walk in his way and you can follow in his life and you can follow where he leads. This is the invitation of Jesus and all you gotta do to start that journey, to change paths, to change directions, to walk on his way and to follow his leading, all you gotta do is take that first step by faith just by saying, hey, Jesus, like, I don't know which way to go and so would you lead me? Jesus, my way hasn't gotten me where I thought it would. Would you lead me? And you invite him to lead you. That's the first step in following so here's what we're gonna do this morning. We're gonna, we're gonna sing one more song. And while the, the band leads us, I just wanna encourage you. I want to encourage you to examine your way, your way of viewing and doing life. We've all got a way. I want you to I wanna encourage you to examine your way and how's it working. Do you like where it's leading? Do you like who you're becoming? And then if you'd like, the band's leading, you can just invite Jesus to lead you, to guide you, and you can begin to follow. In the coming weeks, you guys, we'll we'll talk a little bit about some of the ways of Jesus and what that looks like, but today, I think it's appropriate for us to begin by considering what way we're currently walking, and to open up our hands, to open up our lives, and to invite Jesus to lead us in his way. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, um, thank you so much that you care about where we're going and who we're becoming and where we end up and what we get in life and, and how we experience life and the legacy that we leave behind. You care about these things. And so you sent us Jesus a good shepherd, a guide, someone to lead us and guide us into the way of life that leads to life. And so I pray this morning, you would help us to honestly examine the way that we're living. I pray that you would help us this morning to honestly assess the path that we're on, the way that we're choosing right now to view and do life. Help us to give an honest examination of that and about where that path is leading and about the people that we're becoming. Help us to think clearly about that right now in this moment. And then Jesus, if we've been been walking in our own way, if we've been chasing worldliness or religiousness, trying to get what we think we need and what we want out of life, if we've been running down one of those paths, that wide road, I pray that you would give us the courage and the conviction to change paths and to join you in the narrow way that leads to life, full, free, abundant, forever life with you. So let us be honest this morning. Let us listen to your voice. Would you tune our ears to your voice, tune our heart to your words, and let us respond appropriately. Pray these things in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen.